Welcome to Psychotherapy, episode 97. I am your host, Jet Dunlap. Today's episode, we talk about why I don't have guests. And we have a special guest. It's me. There's no guest. I dive deep into the reasons why getting a thing done imperfectly is more important than trying to get a thing done perfectly that never ends up happening. Now, some of us special folks out there who aren't usually my listeners and definitely aren't me are able to plan and get everything done perfectly. I met these folks, I guess. They're not me. They're probably not you. So I talk about why preparing and hoping and waiting for someone to do something with me was not an option and how you would be listening to episode zero right now as opposed to 97 if I had followed that plan. So I give you some tips and Apple D apps ghost comes and shuts down my show midway through. All that and much, much less here on episode 97 of Psychotherapy with Jet Dunlap. Play that funky music, Jet Boy. Jet, you know what you need for your show? You know what you could use? You don't want to make your show better? Guests. Guests. Jet, you should see my smile on my face right now. Jet, have you ever thought of that? Having guests on your show? No, it's never dawned on me. Why don't you have guests? I heard last week, Jet, when you have guests, you're a lot funnier. You get to play off another person. And that's so enjoyable for me. Personally, as a fan of the show, well, let me tell you something about guests. These so-called guests. You have a creative endeavor you want to do, and you are dependent on other people, aka guests. In my micro example, your creativity can only be flexed, can only be done, can only be achieved under the circumstances in which a guest is available. I sounded a little Dr. Evil there, didn't I? In which the circumstances allow the guest to be available. Hmm? It doesn't work for me. I've had lots of friends. I've had lots of collaborators. Collaborators make things easier. They make things more fun. But they also, in my case, make things impossible. Do you know how many screenplays I have done, or started rather, with co-writers? I I don't know how you would know because I don't even know. So don't ask me silly questions. But it's been a lot. So many. Do you know how many filming projects I've done with people where I've even directed, but because the negative, quote unquote, or the film lays with them, it never got done? Those shoots were way more fun. In some cases, people even used my equipment. That was the deal. They got to use my equipment because I always had more expensive stuff. I can think of at least five instances where that was the case. And it was more fun. And people, when they went to the shoot, or if they heard about it, they were more interested, but it never got done. I hosted over 400 interviews. I don't know how many of them are out there on my show, On the Scene, Indie Thursday, Run Hollywood, JD 24-7, The Adventure Pact. All of those things, the only ones that ever got out were the ones I edited, filmed, and hosted. And the ones that had guests, I had a trick. If I didn't have guests, so for instance, I went down to an event and I was supposed to interview someone, so... I did this thing called Indie Thursday, and the first Thursday of every month, or the third, or whatever it was, it doesn't matter, I went down to the Lowe's Hotel, which used to be the Renaissance Hotel 
and we had a battle of the bands. Five bands enter, five bands exit, but one of them gets a paid gig at an event. And I'd interview all the bands. I interview all the people who went there who were involved in the music industry, people who used to work for Capitol Records. This is where I met Smokey Robinson. This is where I met all these celebrities. And I interviewed them. If there weren't any guests, which is what it was like when it first started, I just spoke to camera. Because I believed that having folks come down there with me, I always had to have a camera operator. Sometimes I use a tripod by myself, pathetically enough, even for interviews. But having all my stuff down there, having all my gear down there, I might as well get something out of it. So I just speak into the camera and make jokes. And I learned more of observational humor. Now I'd done improv and all that stuff, but I had to get better at it. And then when there were guests, I couldn't control how funny it was. Every once in a while, I'd get a guest that was good, but I may have to edit 20 interviews before I get to one that's interesting. So I stopped relying on guests as much back then. Then I did this thing called Run Talk. Guys, if you Googled me, there's so much stuff. Some of them I don't even love, but I have a lot of stuff up. So much of it, gosh, not even so much of it, guys. Even the ones that I did that are film festivals, that are independent films, that are short films, it was me. I've done so little stuff that I was just a part of. I've tried many times, and like I said, it failed, so I didn't want to do it again. So when people ask me, Jet, why don't you have guests on your show? Here's the reason. I'm going to put out a show every single week, or twice a week, whatever I can do. And... I cannot depend on guests. Now, during the pandemic, that's obvious, but I'm not using that as an excuse because I was like this before. I had guests. And then I had a lot of people who wanted to be guests. Now, the people who wanted to be guests would have been horrible. Some of them I don't even talk to anymore. It has nothing to do with the show. But some of them were just so self-involved and had no stories. I know this because I've interviewed so many people that it would have been boring and I wouldn't have been able to put it up. But then I would have felt obligated to put it up because they came out. So that's a problem. It has to be at least a little bit entertaining. And I promise you, because I've been doing this for a while, even though I'm 30, let's say I've been doing it since I was 10, because for the last 20 years, a bad interview is worse than just hearing me ramble on. If you ask someone, and I remember this when I used to interview people, <laughs> this is great. I go, so what are you doing out here tonight? And they go, I was invited. Great, great. How do you feel your band did tonight? They were good. And I'd just stand there with the mic, looking at the camera, looking at the mic. I'd be like, so you got a lot to say tonight, huh? And they'll be like, yeah. And that person may have even been prepped and pointed towards me to do an interview. And I had to sit there. Well, I was standing there. It's an expression. You understand. I had to stand there and look like a dope. But then I had all that footage to import. And this was back when you had to import footage in real time because it was on uh, DV. So it was digital, but it was still on these little tapes, mini DV. So I would go for a run. It's funny because this is how this kind of started. Although you kind of had to be around too because it would just go out. But you'd have to import it into your computer in real time. So if you had eight hours worth of footage, you had to import eight hours worth of footage. And that was a big pain in the neck. I understand that guests are good. I'd love my audience to start suggesting people. I'd love people who are interesting to come forward, or I'd love to be able to look for interesting people, but there's a couple of factors. Let's just get into the nuts and bolts of it. Let's get into the nitty gritty. You guys wanna know, you're a long time listener. I don't have a studio that could facilitate them. The phone interviews are too much. It'll end up being two hours, just too much crosstalk. The quality isn't good enough, and I haven't really talked to anyone who would make it special. Some of it is a little bit of intimidation. I know some celebrities, and I want to interview them, but I worry that their agenda is out of alignment with my show. So when you suggest to me that I should have guests, I agree with you, but it's so hard. 
Now, why would I even bring up this subject? You're not sitting there hosting a show. You're not doing a podcast. And if you are, you've figured this problem out. It's like my screenwriting. I heard from a mentor of mine, don't get it perfect, get it down. And I promise you that the first 100 episodes of this show would be to get out 100 episodes at the finest quality, at the best message, with the best sound, all that stuff. But it would be to get them out because I needed a goal and I wanted to do it and I wanted to want to do it, right? So when I have to do this show, guess what happens? I say, I owe the show certain episodes. I need to do the show. Do you hear those words? I owe and I need, not oh, I should do another episode. It'd be fun to do a podcast. Hey, you should be on my show. And then wait for the person and then have them flake and flake and flake. It's another big problem about LA. We have so many flakes. I'm sure they're all over the place, but they seem to congregate here in mass. So the moral of that story is, and I'm not wrapping it up, don't worry, but it is that to do a thing imperfectly is far more important than to wait for it to be good or even really good. My first episodes, guys, were rough. They were raw and they were real. And that's a lot of R's (laughs) and arithmetic and writing. But they were raw. But I got them out there. And the first one's always the hardest. And then you'll hit your obstacles when you hit your obstacles. But if you don't have anything that you put up in your way, like guests in my case, then you can keep going. And that's the point. I had a run yesterday and it was in the 90s degrees, not in the 1990s. Can you imagine if I was a time traveling runner? Time traveling runner, my idea, you can't steal it. Time traveling runner, the motion picture is a sponsor. When I was running, I was tired. I was tired. Listen to me, I'm Mayor Quinby. I was tired and I didn't want to run, but I knew my brother was running. I knew my friend Rich was running. And even though they are running less than I am, there's a lot of reasons for that. I have more time. Rich runs on a treadmill, which is really just bouncing up and down on a trampoline. It shouldn't count. We all know Rich is just cheating. He's just cheating. And you know how you know he's cheating? Just a sidebar for a second here. When you're on the Garmin app, it's like the Apple app, Apple D app, the amazing singer from Black Eyed Peas. Let's get it started. Tonight's going to be a good night. Not a sponsor in any way. I don't know where you lost me because my recorder just went off while I was invoking the name Apple D app. The guy who's on Black Eyed Peas, who isn't Will I Am, and isn't Fergie, and isn't whoever the other guy is. So be careful when you say Apple D app because my entire machine shut down. He may have some kind of sorcery powers. Not a sponsor. So I was talking about how I knew Rich Matlin cheats, and I was talking about the apps you can use, and then that went to Apple D app. I've been saying Apple D app, Apple D app, Apple D app as I go and find the batteries for my recorder, so I wouldn't forget. So if someone walked in, or if there was a ghost visiting me. At that exact moment, they would have saw me, they would have heard me walking around my house going, Apple D app, Apple D app, like a nut person. Nut person. (laughs) You know, standard nut person. My point is, is that I can tell Rich is cheating on a treadmill because there's no maps that come up on the app when he runs. So we all know he's a cheater. But that doesn't matter. It motivated me to keep going. Now, here's the point of the story. Yesterday, when I was going to do five miles, which I ended up doing, I was going to do six miles, but I ended up doing five miles. (laughs) Is that enough detail for you? If that comes up in a trial, you'll be able to testify. I'm going to remember you said that. I didn't want to do it. It was too hot. A lot of reasons. You've heard this before. I'm amazing, incredible, blah, blah, blah. You've listened to this show. You know what's up. So I ended up beating my time from the day before, even though I didn't want to do it. 
What was the point of that story, you jerk? Holding yourself accountable? Yes. Guests. That's what the point of that story was. You can't wait for other people. I would have exactly zero scripts if I waited for a co-writer. I love co-writing. It's so much more fun. I've collaborated with people. One of my most enjoyable writing experiences was I worked for a company that is no longer in existence called, let's not say their name. Let's call them Jupiter Nagaglass. Jupiter Nagaglass. And Jupiter Nagaglass was out in an area. <laughs> let's call it Farfalaxian 5, the planet Farfalaxian 5. I don't remember either of those names. You guys know my show. You get the gag. We were doing a writer's room type deal. And I was just throwing a football up and down, talking to my friends, and someone would write this down. And the episode was coming out great. It never got produced. It ended up kind of being ripped off by another person, but I never even saw the ripped off version. It was fun to do, never got out. So when I'm talking to Gina, I'll say things like, if it's not written, it doesn't exist. Words are just complicated air. This complicated air that I'm blowing in the direction of your ears, <laughs> blowing complicated air in the direction of your ears. That's definitely not a good band name. <laughs> Very counterintuitive and a little cumbersome to store in overhead compartments. If it doesn't exist in the real world, it doesn't exist. So waiting for it to be perfect, waiting for all the green lights, doing it in a way that would have been fun is impossible to do long term. Isn't that tough? I loved, I'm using the word loved, my studio, my original studio. Oh, it's cold in a basement, had a table. It was quiet when I started. There was no one living here. I had three months of just going down to this basement, everything being there, my mic. I could use a mouse when editing. I used a field mice. <laughs> I used a field mice. You didn't have to go for that joke, Jet. You overachiever. I got everything I wanted in a place. I had a refrigerator, guys, for guests. I had four mics. I sat down, and here were all these awesome mics and mic stands. That's all I wanted for my birthday last year, which is coming up. You know, I'm 30 this year. It was so great. And then technical issues, and then software issues, and then microphone issues. You've heard them all. I had some guests. I planned on having Gina as a guest every week. Then she didn't want to do it. Then she was nervous. Then she froze. So then I didn't want to do it myself. So I had to rely on myself. Isn't that tough? And when I write, there's no satisfaction. I wrote 15 pages yesterday. You didn't see it. You haven't seen my final screenplays. When I run, you don't see it. Even if I post it, you don't see the work. It's kind of a rule of this universe, isn't it? That all the things that are impressive, unless you're just genetically lucky, which what are you going to do? We're not that. Or we are, in certain respects. I don't know who you are, but I'm guessing I'm the, what's his name, Moonface? The guy who's the king of the misfit toys in Rudolph? I'm like that guy, Les Moonface. <laughs> no, that was the guy. <laughs> Not Les Moonface. Moonvez? No, that was still the guy who like got rid of Conan. What was that guy's name? Moonriser? Some hippy-dippy stuff there. I'm the guy who runs the island of misfit toys. And that's why I think you're here. But my point is, is that it is better a certain way. Just like people say, I will when this, that, and the other thing. But when has this, that, and the other thing ever lined up to make that easy? Rarely. And you can't count on a date where it's easy. And I'm going to go into in the next episode something that's been very difficult for me that I haven't quit. That's new. Now, I know we had an interruption here because I invoked Apple D. App's ghost, even though he's alive, I think, and it shut down my system. But you understand what I'm talking about? Get it down. Don't get it perfect. I talked about it in an earlier episode. Do the thing. 
whatever it is. Jet, that seems to be a theme of your show. Have you ever read anything on getting your life going? I'm not going to tell you it's repetitive. I'm not going to tell you it's repetitive. It is. My goal is to help you. And if that takes repetition and a lack of creativity on my side, then so be it. I talked about sincerity too. I sincerely want you to succeed. That's true. I want, well, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Now tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I want to, I want to, I want to sick of say, that's the Spice Girls, not a sponsor. I want you to be able to come over to me at some point and in sincerity. I want this to happen. I'm going to be straight up because I, you know, I a little bit want fame because that means I get more of a reach. I want someone to stop me on the street and go, Jet, my name is Amigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepared to die. I don't want that. What I want is you to go over to me and say, hey, Jet, I started this thing. And wow, thank you so much for giving me the courage to do so. Because as I mentioned in the last episode, I know people who've made lots of money, lots of millions of dollars. They didn't make it for anyone else. They didn't help anyone else on the way. If I had to go slower to be able to hold your hand to get you to where you want to go, I'd do it. And that's what I want from this show. And waiting for guests was never going to work. Perfection, all the ducks lining up, it doesn't happen. So you got to go with what you have. You got to do it the best way you can at the moment. And in an interest in not convoluting everything, I'm going to end there. So thank you so much for listening. I'm out of words. This is Jet Dunlap for Psychotherapy. I'll talk to you next time.